Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Two words to me in three years of Bret Hart Welcome to Angsty Panksy, a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends fill themselves mind, body, and soul with many, 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 many minutes of several different versions of domains. I'm Sam Siegel, and I'm one of those dumb idiots. And I am Sussin the True True. I am Luke Patrick. I'm one of the other idiots. Uh, hey, Sam, you sound different this week. Oh, just a little bit different this time. <laughs> I'm curious to see how long you can maintain this accent because we know how long Tom Hanks can maintain it and it is not very long. I think I've already beaten his, uh, his uh, record. Yeah. Do you want me to do the rest of this? I guess I can do the rest of the intro. Do you want to do it with this with his voice? No, I've got it. Okay. So uh, this week we watched 2012's Cloud Atlas and... Uh, what a wild ride it was. Uh, Luke, how was your walk? <laughs> oh, man, that's not irritating at all. Um, yeah, so my watch this week, I will say this, Sam. I went in, the first note, the very first note in my fucking notebook says, I'm not ready for three hours of this. So went in with an interesting headspace, sort of finished up work and was like, okay, Three hours of Cloud Atlas, let's do this. Um, but I gotta say, man, every time I had to do something else like pee or uh, make dinner, I did I did pause the movie uh, mm. because I didn't want to miss any of it. And by the end of it, I gotta say, man, this is not our worst watch. So I had a an overall pleasant watch, I would say. Probably a... Six out of ten, slightly above average watch with this one. Well, now that's interesting, how isn't it? Yeah, so how was is, how is your watch? Because I'm very curious to compare notes on this one. Well, see, I would say I've not had a very good watch at all. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> well, you said the other accent was driving you a little bit crazy, so I've gone a little bit more like this, puppet. Uh, so... Let me just say, I did not enjoy my watch in the slightest. Um, <laughs> Clearly, given that the the psychosis you're sort of demonstrating right now, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was. Uh, look, three hours at the start of my Saturday morning, 
is not exactly what I want to be doing now, is it? Yeah, man, you're getting more guttural as you go along. We're getting a lot of, like, <laughs> glottal stops here. Yeah, well, let me tell you, I'm moving further and further down the alley is this one, and I'm just going to get a little more guttural <laughs> and a little more crusty. And let me just... <laughs> Shit. All right, I lost it. It was a good run. I hated every second of it, but it was a good run. Hey, three and a half minutes is not so bad. Again, you um, beat Tom Hanks in terms of screen time using that accent. So uh, yeah, by a country mile. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, so I didn't. I came home and I really did not want to watch this movie. And then you said, "Hey, it's actually not all that bad." And so I woke up. I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna wake up a little bit earlier than usual so I can get this fucking movie out of the way." And get on with, you know, the things that I actually want to do today. Mm-hmm. I did not do that. I slept too well. Um, and actually, maybe this is a good chance to, to talk about this. Um, in my dream, I actually dreamt that we were doing this show, Luke. <laughs> How's it stack up so far? Is it is it dreamlike? Uh, no, because we were in front of a very large audience and we were making a pizza. Mmm, a, a sort of <laughs> twist on the Hanksy Panksy format. Yeah, I don't really know why a pizza was involved. Yeah. But we it was you and me, and we were making a pizza and talking about Tom Hanks uh, in front of a, an extremely large crowd. I don't understand it. Um, so so that may have tinged my watch a bit. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I slept really well. I woke up kind of late. And started this movie at like seven thirty. Ooh, man! I will say that that's that's too early for Cloud Atlas. That may have been I, a, a mistake on your part. See, I would say it's too late because that means that I didn't end the movie until Luke like eleven thirty. Because <laughs> here's the thing: I made a critical error. Mm, okay. It, um. About. About two hours into the movie, I paused it to go pee, and then mm-hmm. I came back, and my uh, Kenna was in the room watching the sort of watching the movie with me, uh, getting increasingly angry about the movie, and uh, and she was like, "Hey, I, actually, I was like, you know, since since you're being uh, really nice about uh, being in this room while this movie that you wanted nothing to do with mm-hmm. is on." do you want me to like run uh, and go get you some coffee? And she said, sure. And therein lies the problem. Mm, you fucked up. I, now you fucked I, up. <laughs> I left the home. I got some time away from Cloud Atlas. Mm-hmm. And it was, look, it was maybe 10, 15 minutes that I was away from this movie and then I came back and I saw that I had an hour left and Luke, it straight up ruined my morning. <laughs> You fucked up. You got to consume it all in one go or as close to one go as biologically possible, my friend. I know. I know. It was a big goof em up. I just, I really wanted to do something nice for my wife because Mm -hmm. she was being such a good sport about it. And Luke, I have been in a terrible mood up until now. Man, I hate to hear that. (laughs) Well, I do have one important question, which is after you did this very nice thing for your wife, did Kenneth stay to watch the rest of the movie with you? Yeah. Okay, so at least she suffered alongside you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she did. Um, and also, her spirits have been a lot higher than mine. Mm. Um, which is not to say that she enjoyed the movie. Okay. But um, but she it did not ruin her her day like it did mine. <laughs> So, in terms of watches, pretty bad then, huh? Pretty bad. So, here's the thing. I, it was a complete roller coaster because it, I, I was really engrossed in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then I left the home and I came back and I, I lost all momentum that I had. Yeah. And then it was just this like white knuckle slog to get through the last of the three fucking hours yeah meanwhile all i can think is man i really want to be doing literally anything else (laughs) in on my saturday morning so that i can just finish this fucking film and do something that i actually chose to do because look i'm so fucking tired of tom hanks (laughs) i'm so tired of him again well this is hilarious to me because i've actually come out the opposite direction after this film. I'm back on board with the Hanks, my friend. I th- I think so. I think part of my problem is that um, I I have realized that Luke. I think I think we are, if not the world's, then the nation's preeminent experts on mm. Thomas J. Hanks. Yeah, just short of Tom Hanks himself, possibly even more than Tom Hanks, because I believe from reading about this film. This is the film he's seen more than two times that he's been in, meaning he hasn't seen any other film he's been in more than two times, probably less. I See, I think we know more about his career than he does, yeah. just because uh, we're more freshly acquainted with all of it. And we have done repeated watches of several of his movies mm-hmm. and yeah. have dug into the trivia. We know his family. I mean, we're we're in the nuts and bolts on his career. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're we're sort of and, in the airplane wing, doing maintenance. And, we're very familiar, and I think the knowledge that this expertise gives me nothing, mm. absolutely no edge in life, has really <laughs> been grating on me. It's pretty useless outside of pub trivia. The one time that Tom Hanks comes up, yeah. you and I, we are going to crush it. Yeah, and and I think that's even harder to swallow because we are in a time when. You know, you really should not go to pub trivia. Yeah, at least not in person. If you can do that mm-hmm. virtually somehow, you know, stay safe, everyone. And uh, while yeah. we're on the subject, get a shot in the arm if you can. Go get that vaccine. Yes, yes. I I have gotten both my shots. It's been two weeks. I've been able to resume some activities uh, with some friends who have also been fully vaccinated. And folks, I'm here to tell you that holy shit, it feels so good mm-hmm. to to be able to make decisions about social interaction without doing a whole bunch of fucking calculus yeah. to determine my risk. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Get your shot. Stay safe. Continue wearing a mask. Uh, Luke, do you... This is, this is truly your magnum opus. Do you want to give us a plot? This really is my Everest, huh? Um, uh-huh. Okay, I, this may end up being more of a conversation because this does not actually follow a three-act structure, so it's going to be impossible <laughs> to put it into a three-act structure. So You don't say. Cloud Atlas, folks. Um, how to summarize this movie? So, essentially, 
It is a movie with six different plots, any one of which would have been a great movie. I will give you that, Sam. I would have rather have watched any single plot out of this rather than combining all six into the same movie. One million percent. Yeah. Any any single plot out of this would have been great. But there are essentially six different plots spanning hundreds of years, going all the way back to the 1800s, uh, and then going all the way forward to the uh, 2100s, I guess. I th- I think 2200s because the the like weird post apocalypse bit was Ooh. 106 years after the fall. After the fall, yeah, and we do have some continuity between that timeline and then the Neo Soul timeline because we see the same ship uh that the the prescience are riding around in the same ship as some of the uh unanimity folks in the Neo Soul timeline. Sam, as you can tell, I've gotten pretty invested in parts of this movie. Yeah, you have, because I did not pick up on that at all. Yeah. Um, It is also my second time watching this movie, so maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah, that would help. Yeah. Either way, there's six different timelines spanning several hundred years, and then the same actors play different roles in each timeline. So, for instance, we have Halle Berry as a sort of futuristic um, savior of the Valley people in the post-apocalyptic timeline she's a uh, spunky reporter in the 70s in a different timeline um i forget where she is in some of the other timelines but yeah same same thing goes for tom hanks we see tom hanks across six different centuries doing various things he's a very corrupt doctor on a boat back in the 1800s uh then he's an, an angry mobster who is that's what you were riffing on in the beginning there, Sam. Uh-huh. Uh, in sort of the 20, 2010s, early noughties, somewhere in there. Yeah. He's he's also the uh, proprietor of, like, an inn mm-hmm. or something in the 30s? In the 30s, yeah. Yeah, pre-war uh, England. And then he's an actor in the 2100s. Mm-hmm. And then a, a goat herd? Uh, in the post-apocalypse? Yeah, a pretty great role for him, I kind of thought. But let's talk about that in a, in a later part of this episode. Um, but yeah, so essentially the, the deal with this movie is that it's, as described by the author, because this is based on a novel, it is a Russian nesting doll type structure where each of the stories intertwines in some way. So in the post-apocalyptic world, we hear some of the words of the main protagonist in the neo soul timeline um Mm -hmm. there's a book that uh the guy on the boat in the 1800s writes that pops up in a couple different places in the timeline same thing for this guy named cavendish uh who is the publisher of the mobster and anyway they all kind of interconnect and there's again the same actors playing different roles so you can kind of make an argument that they're like reincarnated or playing Mm -hmm. uh the same kind of person just in a different time and it's very complex, it's very large, and it is extremely long. So long. Yeah. De- I, I would say demoralizingly long. <laughs> I will give it to you that that's it for my plot, honestly. If you want to know more, I'd go read the Wikipedia page because it's very intricate. Just know that there's the Cloud Atlas Sextet, which is the name of a symphony that a character writes in this uh in this movie there's the cloud atlas sextet of six different plots running alongside each other and we're cutting back and forth between them throughout the movie so sam 
that's it for plot. And uh, I think I know the answer to this, but what do you think of this movie? Yeah. Uh, before we get to a yibbering, uh, I do. I do want to <laughs> talk about our our basic review. So, Luke, do you want the true two? I do want. Uh, hey, really quick. Uh, what what we're talking about is that the people <laughs> in the post apocalyptic timeline talk real weird. They yeah. talk about yibberins and sus and stuff and grok and things. And uh, there's the true true, and then there's stuff yeah, that's the not true. the true true. Yeah. Uh, so do you want the true true? Oh yeah, I'm I'm sussing that true true. Luke, I didn't fucking understand this movie one bit. I, <laughs> I, 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 no part of it made any fucking sense to me. But here's the thing: up until I left to go get my wife coffee, I was I was completely fucking enthralled by it mm. i don't know what it was i don't know if it's that my brain does not function as it as it used to or that it should and that i am just a shell of who i used to be yeah but something about this movie really fucking got me and i was like i i'm actually pretty invested in seeing how these these six different not really even all that interconnected stories mm-hmm. um all sort of play out and then I left to get coffee, and I came back, and I said, hey, after 15 minutes away, none of this makes sense, even <laughs> even more so than before, and I just want it to be over. Yeah. See, that's it, fair. That's fair. It easily goes on uh, like an hour and a half too long. Yeah, you say that, but that's the problem, is that to get out every single plot, I mean, again... You could probably split each plot up into three act structures, um, but to get every single plot all the way through to the finish line, I don't know what you could cut in this movie. Yeah, I just, I mean, how necessary are some of these movies that are in this movie? Yeah, that's a better argument. Like, I would argue that there's there's a plot line involving Cavendish, who's this old guy who gets stuck in a nursing home where Hugo Weaving is an evil nurse. And uh, mm-hmm. easily the the part I was least invested in it was pretty yeah, mind numbing because it is just a comedy. Yeah. Oh, for that sure. Bit of the move that movie in this movie is just a comedy, mm-hmm. and I I don't understand why it was there, um, and I don't think it should be there. Yeah. Uh, because like literally nothing in it connects to anything else. Oh, I mean, it's got so, connective tissue to uh, the Neo Soul era because it pops up in a retro movie that the main protagonist watches. It's got connectivity to the uh, boat because the the book that the the lawyer writes on the boat gets mentioned. It's all there, Sam. If you look in the details on this one, Luke. Mm-hmm. Respectfully. Fuck off. <laughs> also fair. Very fair. <laughs> it didn't need to be there. None of us really needed Hugo Weaving as a mean nurse Mm-mm. or Professor Slughorn doing a jailbreak from a from a nursing home. Yeah, uh, with questionable ethical uh, uh, sort of procedures as far as l- informed consent mm-hmm. and, and all of that. Uh, but but my my yibberin aside, uh, Luke, what's your true true? So my true true is that I hated this movie the first time I saw it. <laughs> uh-huh. 
So I'm right there with you as far as our experiences. They line up correctly. And the first time that I watched this movie, I watched it with my wife when it came out. And both of us left the movie fucking seething about the three hours that we lost and how it made no sense. So I'm right there with you. I don't want you to feel like you're being gaslit here. (laughs) My second watch, the movie is still too long. I don't know what I would cut, but it's definitely way too long. It's Saving Private Ryan length. Um, But Sam, I got to tell you, I had a pretty good time watching this movie. And I don't know what that says about me or the fact that I've remembered so much of it as we're talking about it and I'm remembering details. I don't know what that means. I don't know what any of it means. And it's really distressing to me. But I was pretty invested in this film the whole way through. Can I can I pose a theory? Mm-hmm. I think it's sunk cost fallacy. I think, Luke, you've <laughs> sunk six hours into this movie and you said, I have to enjoy it. Yeah, and it's sci-fi and it has my favorite actor, Hugo Weaving, in it. So maybe, maybe okay. you're right. Maybe I just landed in a place where I decided to like it this time. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I'm not saying that it's the best watch we've ever had. It was a six out of ten. Uh, it was not the the most amazing film. It was not the worst. It was pretty much right down the middle plus a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think that's I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like maybe half my notes are just what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's dig into some of that because I've definitely got some notes. Um. Right off the bat, we get to see Tom Hanks smoke pot in this movie. That was pretty exciting. We do. Almost immediately after he very flatly tells Halle Berry, I'm cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then proceeds to smoke pot definitely like a cool guy, um, choking and sputtering his way through Mm -hmm. that one. Um, That's the, the most drug interaction we've ever seen out of Tom Hanks, though. We have. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We also get to hear uh, Tom say cunt for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the N-word, uh, the latter being pretty unpleasant. Yeah, there's definitely some, there's a slave plot line in the boat, in the boat yeah. series uh, where the N-word does get dropped a couple times, and it has not aged well. Hey, let's, let's talk about, it. Luke, this, this movie has some racial shit that is like not okay oh like you mean hugo weaving in yellow face uh i think you mean basically everyone in the neo soul plot line in neo uh in in yellow face mm-hmm. like hugo weaving in yellow face and i i think i think the guy who's helping the robot lady is not an asian actor you think so i kind of thought he was but we we could google it but why would we do that yeah, so. and then and then the guy interviewing the robot lady is in yellow face. Mm-hmm. Um, it just oh, it was really uncomfortable. And then yeah, and then at the end of the boat plot line, when they have the same actress as the robot lady, mm-hmm. and they've done up to be like a white woman. Is yeah not great either we spread it around man in this movie we definitely spread around the sort of uh racial uncomfortableness 
Yeah, yeah, there's some wild-ass racial shit in this movie, and l- not a bit of it is good. Mm-mm, no. I mean, that's what you get when you cast the same people for everything and then decide to just uh, throw in some racial plot lines when you have not hired a terribly diverse cast. Yeah. Yeah, bit bit of an issue there. Yeah, I'll grant um, you that one. That one for sure sticks out and is it has not aged well and it is kind of a problem Wachowski sisters. Yeah. Uh, as as is the like kind of glorified suicide. Yeah, there is there is that in this movie with the one of the plot lines with a, a composer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, did not love that. Um, cause it, it really presents that suicide as like a glorious thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that ain't great. Uh, I, I just don't like that at yeah. all. And, uh, and, and maybe now is a good time to, uh, to just toss out the national suicide prevention lifeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so for anyone in, in need of that, it is, uh, 800 800- Two seven three eight two five five is available twenty four hours a day, um, and you know if if you or someone you care about um, is in a tough spot, uh, you can give that uh, number a call, and uh, and they can connect you to some ser- services and and talk to you and kind of kind of help you out as best you can. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, Let's get back to a yibbering about this Slim Slam movie. <laughs> yeah, to wheel it back a little bit, Sam, I have a very important question for you. Uh-huh. So in this movie, we get to see six different unique flavors of Tom Hanks. And I gotta ask, which one's your favorite, Hanks? It's, okay, so I'll say the two closest, mm, Okay. Mm-hmm. Or, or, okay. Alternately, you can tell me your least favorite Hanks, and then I'll give you my favorite. Either or. I think we should each give our favorite and least favorite. Okay, that seems fair. Yeah, let's do it. But I, I want to make sure that I have all the Hankses right. Yeah. Uh, so we've got uh, Dr. Big Teeth Hanks. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, Hotel Proprietor Hanks. Yep. And then we have Weed Scientist Hanks. Yep, yep, yep. In the 70s, weed smoking, very chill scientist Hanks. And then we have Critic Killing British Hanks. Yep. <laughs> and then we have Actor Hanks. In the and new, then we have... Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we have Post Apocalypse Hanks. Yes, absolutely. Okay. You have it. See, you paid attention. You got all the Hankses in this movie. Yeah, it would look. It took some work. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna toss out shitty racist Doctor Hanks. Yeah, I'm gonna toss out um the hotel proprietor Hanks, and I'm gonna toss out uh actor Hanks. Okay, those all can go. Okay, uh, they're out of the running for my favorite Hanks. Yeah, they're out of the running. They're out of the room. They don't exist anymore. I I won't lie, I loved watching Tom Hanks murder that man in front of a crowd. <laughs> Very coolly, and then doing two tequila shots afterwards. Yes. Yep. Um, but he wasn't on screen for very long. 
uh, and the accent was terrible for the yeah. po- 0.2 seconds that he used it. Yeah, it was, I have in my notes, uh, he's doing a pirate accent with two stars next to it. Holy shit, yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite Hanks is post-apocalypse Yibberin Hanks. Yibberin Hanks is pretty damn good. Because he's got some castaway vibes in there mm-hmm. uh, that I genuinely like. Uh, he commits more to an accent that is confoundingly southern. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love his outfit. Uh, for some reason, his outfit in that just works for me. Yeah. And he... Uh, I didn't understand a single thing he said. Yeah, I tell you, watching this with subtitles was probably a pro move. Uh, Ooh, could have mentioned that. I should have done that. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that that can be pretty confusing since they all talk very funny in the post-apocalypse. Yes. So, who's your favorite Hanks? So I think I think we're in the same the same bucket. I think post-apocalypse castaway vibes Hanks is easily my favorite. I mean, he fucking knifes a guy. He cuts a dude's he throat. Does at one point which is i mean he doesn't do it like a smooth john wick action hero he seems pretty squigged out by it the whole time yeah. and he like saws through it and then mm-hmm. he fires a fucking crossbow into another dude's skull mm-hmm. and like stabs another guy in the back he's pretty fucking righteous yeah <laughs> yeah yeah if he drove a car it would have flames on the side that's for sure um, <laughs> what? Yeah, he's pretty badass. And also, I just liked that plot line the most. Um, easily, my least favorite is Boat Hanks because, and I'll tell you why, Sam. It's not because he's racist, although that is part of the consideration. <laughs> Luke, please tell me you're not you're not saying I can excuse the racism. Oh, no, no. The racism <laughs> should not be excused. It should be brought straight up into the spotlight. Yeah. Um, but the main reason I hated him is that Sam, it's the same exact character as the lady killers. And I just can't abide by that. Oh shit. You're not wrong. I think they got the same weird prosthetic upper teeth. Mm-hmm. He's got huge teeth. He's got kind of a weird bumbling accent. He talks a little bit like this and a lot of mumbling and a lot of, uh, uh mean stuff coming out of his face. Yep. Yep. And, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, you're right. He is not, however, my least favorite Hanks. Ooh, who's your least favorite? I think it's actually actor Hanks. <laughs> what I the think fuck? it's actor Hanks. Because <laughs> he just says like one line four times and it sucks. Yeah, this is Neo Soul Hanks who appears in a retro film that the characters watch. And he's on screen for like... 30 seconds tops. He is saying the same lines over and over, but Sam, that is a nitpick, I would say. Well, well, here's the thing. He's just got this, like, wild look to him, and he just says, like, I won't be treated this way, and then he walks into heaven? Mm-hmm. I just, it was very forgettable. He didn't, he didn't do any work for that one, Luke. Yeah. For, for the others, he had to do some work, okay? That's fair. For Boat Hanks, he had to, uh, pretend to be racist i hope <laughs> um uh and and uh and wear those stupid prosthetics that he had left over from the lady killers which mm-hmm. i assume someone on set was like tom please do okay all yeah. right yeah do he chose do the teeth he chose the teeth people he's doing the teeth and then uh uh hotel proprietor hanks at least like 
again, had like a prosthetic and tried to do a British accent that mm-hmm. came out just garbled all the hell. <laughs> Uh, but was somewhat memorable as he wore that absurd uh, waistcoat yeah. uh, that clearly did not fit it. Like, th- there was something to that, but he did no work for the Neo Soul version. He yeah. said he recorded that line one time, he walked through a door, and that was it, and they were like, well, shit, uh, I, we'll just repeat it. Yeah. Now, Sam, I think you'll find that uh, the importance of that movie is that it's actually the story that Cavendish wrote after he escaped from the the nursing home. I Uh, fucking know that. (laughs) I don't want to know it, but I fucking know it. Yeah. And actually, actually, here's here's the other thing that that I I, a quibble that I have. Um, And let's get real true, true on this. Yeah. Um. Uh, Professor Slughorn does say that uh, when his story is made into a movie, uh, the sort of cockswoggle that he is, um, he he says that he wants an actor with uh, who's like Sir Lawrence Olivier with a dash of Michael Caine to play him. And Luke, mm-hmm. that ain't Tom fucking Hanks. That is not Tom Hanks for sure. If he had a business card, it would not say that on the business no. card it would say maybe the opposite yeah do you would... want sir lawrence olivier with a dash of michael kane don't look here i'm tom hanks <laughs> with an asterisk that says please no accent work for the love <laughs> no, of god please. or maybe it says please teach me how to do accents yeah looking for accent coach that's all his business card says uh yeah 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 um uh, uh, did anyone watch with you? No. That's a firm no on this one. Yeah. Well, they made the right choice. Yeah. Although, to be fair, everybody else in my house just recently got their second, flu, their, not flu shot, their second COVID vaccine. Uh-huh. So uh, nobody was down to watch this in a flu symptom haze with me, which I argued unsuccessfully would have been <laughs> the best way to watch this movie. Actually, yeah, I think... I think watching this while in the throes of like a, a pretty bad fever would be pretty mm-hmm. fucking good. <laughs> That's what I was saying, but it that that logic, that line of logic got no takers. Oh no my god. Fish caught with that lore for sure. Okay, so can you explain any of this movie to me? <laughs> I, look, I don't get okay. Let, Maybe maybe I should tell you what I understood of this movie. Yeah, that that may be good because Sam, it is three hours, and as evidenced by my <laughs> plot, condensing all of that into anything that makes sense is going to be very difficult. So if you have questions, I'm here okay. to answer them. Okay, so so boat plot is essentially lawyer man has a lot of money, and uh, lady killers Tom Hanks sees this as an opportunity to make some money and so he slowly poisons lawyer man mm-hmm. convincing him that he he has like a parasitic worm yeah and then the slave does does rescue lawyer man and kill tom hanks uh and then lawyer man goes back home to his father-in-law hugo weaving mm-hmm. and says uh, you employ too many employees, not the right word. You have too many slaves. I'm going to 
go to America and work on, as an abolitionist. And then Hugo Weaving says, I fucking hate you and I fucking love slavery. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. And then th- that's done. And then the next plot is dude who's having sex with Sir Fitzgerald Sixpence or whatever. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, uh, my name is Robert Fuzzlebear, sure. and I'm gonna go live with Professor Horace Slughorn, composer at large who's too sick to write music, and I'm gonna write his music for him, but I don't actually know how to do it, and then, but now I can do it. I fucked his wife, uh, also I'm working on my own piece of music, Professor Sl- Horace Slughorn, actually an asshole, uh, and, and says that uh, he's going to take credit for my good, 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 good song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I don't want him to do that, so I shot him. Uh, and, oh, hey, the book from Lawyer Man is propping up a table. Uh, also, uh, I- I'm on the run from the police. I finish my thing, and then I die by suicide. Hey, bud, are you going to go through every single plot like this? I, Luke, I'm trying to figure out if I missed something. No, no. You're so far. You are 100 percent on the money. Okay. The, actually, n- now I'm more confused. <laughs> um. Okay. So then the 70s one is just like discovering like corruption in the fossil fuel industry. Uh. Yes. Basically. Yeah. Halle Berry is an investigative reporter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and Hugh Grant absolutely does not act when he sexually harasses Halle Berry. No, not a bit. Known asshole, yeah. Hugh Grant, for sure. Yeah. Fuck Hugh Grant. Um, okay. And then, uh, I'm ignoring the 2012 plot. Fuck the 2012 plot. It's just an old people jailbreak. Yeah, um, that is, that is, folks, that is 100% what it is. It's a jailbreak from a nursing home. That's all you need to know. There's a guy named Cavendish. Yes. And then I really start to get lost. So Mm -hmm. Neo Soul is a robot lady who watches another robot lady have sex with the guy who's in charge of the robot ladies. Who is Hugo Weaving. That was Hugo Weaving? Yeah. Yeah, dog. Hugo Weaving played two people in the Neo Soul plot? Oh, wait. No, sorry. That was Hugh Grant. Yeah. That was... Okay, that was Hugh Grant. Also, honestly, probably not acting. <laughs> um, okay, okay. Uh, so, so then she like has powers and a like she is like enlightened or something, and then a dude comes and rescues her for reasons, and she watches the show with Tom Hanks in it, and then. They kill some people, and then she finds out that they've been feeding crushed-up robot people to the robot people, and then she gives a speech, and everyone dies? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I mean, what you gotta understand about that plotline, you you missed some details, but you're pretty much on it. I mean, basically, what you need to know is that that plotline is the Matrix, that's essentially it. Minus the okay. fact that she's not actually enlightened, nor does she have any superpowers. She's just a fabricant, which is like a, a protein person grown in a tank. And 
she was chosen because she she broke out of the cycle that she was in. She was chosen by the unionists who are not the unanimityists, unanimity folks, the the ruling class. They're like uh-huh. against the ruling class and they have her give a big speech talking about how uh, everyone should be treated more fairly and how this like consumer slash not consumer uh, dichotomy shouldn't ex- exist in their society and fabricants are, are it's basically the matrix Sam it's it's essentially just the matrix okay um I really all I got from it was that uh, strong labor unions are really important <laughs> that's essentially the message I mean you you grokked it comrade that yeah. is pretty much it and then Luke uh, true true did I did not understand a single fucking thing. Um, it in the last bit, mm-hmm. it, Tom, Tom Hanks is plagued by the specter of, as near as I could tell, old Greg, um, <laughs> old Georgie. In fact, is his actual name, old Georgie. Holy shit! Okay, so old Greg, um, and he's a goat herd, and then Halle Berry shows up, and wants to go to the mountain where something happens. Yeah, and then he comes back. And kills some people, and then he marries Halle Berry. Yeah, yeah. You you got it. You got all of it. Luke. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> that that's worse. Luke, it's Luke. If I understood all of it, that's worse. Because mm-hmm. none of it makes any fucking sense. And then there's this long talk about, like, love lasts forever and is immortal or something. Yeah. But it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Oh, yeah. I'm... Luke, I'm angrier now that we did this. Yeah. So, so I essentially didn't miss anything. It's just that it's... What the Wachowskis did was they said... I want I want to make six movies, but I want to save money on actors. We'll just use the same <laughs> fucking three people to play a hundred different roles across six movies that are barely related to each other. Yeah. And so we'll just smash them all together into a three-hour fuck fest of nonsensical horse shit. What the fuck did I watch? <laughs> You know what? I could talk to you about the the deeper themes involved in the movie about how love is faded, uh, or how you're you're destined to be a certain type of person um, and act a certain way. Uh, but honestly, those themes all kind of fall flat on their face. And Sam, your anger's justified. I think uh, yeah. you you completely grok the movie that you saw. And here's the thing: if I would understand it, if it was like love is faded, if the same like two people kept like getting paired up yeah well they do thing. no they don't luke well not not the same exact two actors but the there's the person with the birthmark that keeps popping up that's kind of your continuity line is the birthmark through this movie so that's the same person it's the that's same supposed re- to be yeah yeah so the birthmark people are all supposed to be the same people yeah what <laughs> Honestly, I'm just loving these reactions from you. Um, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that makes even... Like, what I was expecting is that Tom Hanks and Halle Berry 
keep falling in like bumping into each other and falling in love with each other at different time periods and dying and then like meeting each other again in a different life but not understanding it until yeah. like maybe the very end when they're like oh shit we've been reincarnated five other times and we keep bumping into each other while love really is eternal but no it's just a bunch of people with weird birthmarks who are with other people who don't have the weird birthmark yeah and we're led to believe that these are the same two souls yeah (laughs) god damn it (laughs) fuck yeah I wish I had other information for you. The The movie that you outlined would be way more concise, but Sam, I, I'm sorry. The The movie is what it is, and it is that. It's not good. It's not fucking good, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. This is revealing a sort of sadistic side to me <laughs> that's very much enjoying your confusion and anger uh, related to Cloud Atlas. <laughs> I hate this fucking movie, Luke. Yes, dig in, dig into the anger and the hate. I do notice that you did flip your hood up, so so it's sort of leading into that sort of Sith, uh, Sith Lord sort of thing there. Well, shit, Luke, you know what? Yeah. Because of that, I think this moves to the bottom of the list for me. I think this is my least favorite Tom Hanks movie. Hot damn. Even worse. So so this you enjoy this less than Lady Killers. Yeah, I think oh. I think so. Cause I okay, again, I knew what to expect from the Lady Killers, and the Lady Killers was bad throughout. This had promise. Mm-hmm. This had potential. And I was like, ooh, okay, I'm in it, I'm in it, I'm in it, waiting for this to develop into something. Mm-hmm. But instead, it developed into a bunch of nonsensical horse shit that, like, a fucking shitty voiceover had to make sense of. And it didn't even do a good job of that because it's all this heady horse shit about love conquers all or some stupid fucking garbage like that. But the movie that I watched does not bear that out at all because, like, if you're saying, like, oh, these people keep falling in love, Halle Berry in the 70s just smoked a fucking duber with Tom Hanks, and mm-hmm. that was it. There was no love in that fucking plotline at all. Yeah. Yeah, I'd argue that uh, that one is, is a very poor example of this concept, given that, yeah, essentially they smoke a duber together. And I'd also argue they they don't have any real chemistry, Halle Berry and Tom Hanks. No, uh, no. So that's kind of a hindrance on this whole thing. Uh-huh. Well, and then and then in the Horace Slughorn plot, uh, where he's breaking out a, a nursing home, no one's in love with each other there. Well, he does end up with Susan Sarandon at the end. Don't, don't, they shoehorn that shit in. It did, it, that was the most underdeveloped horse. Like, they fucking filmed that yeah. goofy-ass jailbreak and then said, wait a second. Yeah. Wait wait we gotta we gotta add a love plot line someone calls susan fucking sarandon she's not busy <laughs> she's in other parts of this movie um, like two yeah she's in she's in some pieces but yeah again, i mean it, they called her back they were like susan we know we know we, you already shot the stupid other plots of this shitty ass movie fuck i hate this movie <laughs> Uh, do you want to, we need to shoehorn a fucking romance plot line into this dumb comedy that we slapped in the middle of this trash fest. Yeah. 
Man, I, uh, I'm loving this journey that you went on because you started sort of lukewarm on the movie and are now seething with rage, uh, which is a fun look on you. Luke, I'm so fucking numb. <laughs> I don't have this- a remedy. I wish I could fix this for you. And I got to tell you, maybe a second watch is what you need because, again, I was no. right there with you the first time. Never. Uh, second time through was a way better movie for sure. Never, ever. Yeah. Never. No. <laughs> no, Luke. Well, Sam, uh, we're going a bit long on this one. Do you have any other thoughts that aren't uh, just how much you hate this movie? Nope. Okay. Well, you know, I've got a couple more notes, but honestly, I don't feel like you're playing in my space. <laughs> So, <laughs> I mean, I'll, look, I'll play in the space, Luke. If you want to share some stuff, share it. No, no, that's maybe, okay. It's maybe all you good. Could make me less angry. That would actually be kind of nice. Nah, I think you know what. My final word on this: we don't get into serious movie critique all that often. Uh, but my my serious critical analysis of this movie is that it does not work. It is it is not a film that works. Um. But it is a film that swings for the fences in a huge way. And out of all of the Tom Hanks movies we've seen, that is so rare that I really enjoyed that aspect of it. That it really goes along with it uh, in a way that's pretty commendable. And uh, it doesn't work. It does fall completely on its face, breaking every bone uh, in that sort of area. But uh, they went for it. I will grant it that. It absolutely tries something different and it goes in a hundred percent and you're right luke it absolutely swings for the fences but it misses and hits itself in the nuts yeah hundred percent can't agree with that well luke i don't have anything but anger do you want to go to the hanks bank (laughs) let's let's take whatever monetary unit we're using in a post-apocalyptic world uh straight to the hanks bank let's go Luke, I need you to experience multiple lifetimes across five centuries while meeting the same souls or something. It's time to come with me to The Conspiracy Corner. Man, I'm fucking stoked for whatever you have in The Conspiracy Corner today. Yeah, so it's so it's really uh it's really two things. Mm-hmm. Um primarily. So first, I think we see Tom's um evolution over his lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least the the bit of his lifetime that we see. Um, embracing, uh, Christ. (laughs) There's, there's no other way to put it. Um, you know, he was given, uh, you know, the powers, uh, in, uh, of God in 1935, uh, I believe. And, uh, and, and we see that change. So, so in timeline number one, he's a virulent racist who tries to poison a lawyer. Um, in the second timeline, he, uh, basically steals, from uh, really a wanted criminal um, uh, to to keep him secret. Yeah. Uh, the th- the third timeline he is post powers, um, and he does kill someone. But you can see that he thinks that this killing is righteous. Yeah. Oh, that, for sure. He thinks that this critic is is hurting people who don't need to be hurt, and he's sort of defending them, and he does again throw him off a building into a uh, in front of a crab yeah um uh and then 
And then from that point on, we see a, a Tom who is much more righteous, has a sense of justice. Um, I mean, he is an actor, so we don't really see much of that one. But but post-apocalypse Tom, um, I, th- I think we can safely say that this is, um, you know, long after you and I are dead. Oh, yeah, and, for uh, sure. And, and I think he has fully embraced this sort of righteous lifestyle where he's, you know, defending people and, um, you know, trying to trying to make sure that his uh, his community is safe. Um, but he is he is still plagued by something. And, and that's mm-hmm. really what I want to get into. Oh, you want to talk about old Georgie? Actually, I want to talk about Hugo Weaving. Ooh, OK. Because Luke Hugo Weaving is the anti-Tom. Oh, shit. Because Hugo Weaving is shown in this movie to be an undying servant of Atar throughout the centuries. <laughs> he is consistently the the antithetical Tom. He's yes. the, the antagonist in most timelines. He is unkillable. Mm-hmm. He is always evil. And he is shown to have a, 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 an insane amount of power. Uh, and he usually is trying to thwart Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we especially see this sort of like specter of Atar when he is old Georgie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of this like devil on Tom's shoulder. And, and I think I think this is sort of the role that, that Atar's servants have taken uh, in in the long, long aftertimes. Yeah. Uh, they've the... taken more of a spectral, uh, psychological sort of role. Gotcha. Okay, I'm tracking. This makes sense for Atar. Yeah, so so I think uh, kind of throughout Tom's whole lifespan, I think Hugo Weaving has been hot on his heels trying to, trying to further the will of Atar. Um you know, promoting slavery, yeah, uh, killing journalists, um, blowing up scientists in on commercial planes. Mm-hmm. Um, folks, I'm here to tell you that Hugo Weaving is a racist terrorist <laughs> <laughs> who is a servant of the demon prince Atar, and he is wreaking havoc on our world, and he wants Tom Hanks dead. Man, that is a libelous revelation, uh, <laughs> but a huge one nonetheless. It is. It is. Uh, uh, hopefully, Hugo Weaving will not hear it, because if he does, Luke, mm-hmm. he will come to my home and kill me. Oh, yeah. He'll blow it up just like he blew up that plane with the scientist Tom Hanks on it. Yeah. Weed-smoking scientist Tom Hanks. And frankly, Luke, that's all I have for the conspiracy corner this mm. week. I mean, it's a pretty big one, all things considered. Mm-hmm. We've now outed Hugo Weaving as a servant of Atar. That's yeah. pretty massive. And a racist and a terrorist. Yeah. Um, but, Luke, clearly, clearly these six films uh, encompassed in this one film mm-hmm. need some work. Yeah, clearly there's there's a lot of room for, one, to, to put things on the cutting room floor... Uh, yes. And then two to make it a little bit more concise. And Sam, I'm I'm kind of getting the feeling that uh, you want to make this one a porno. <laughs> yes. Nice. I'm in the same headspace. I think this would make a 
very, very good porno. Sam, do you have any sort of premise thoughts about how we rectify this situation and uh, instead convert it into a highly erotically charged porno? I I think you can keep the same basic premise Mm -hmm. of two sort of star-crossed lovers across time being sort of reincarnated. I, yeah. I think that premise works. Okay. Um, but I think each movie needs some tweaking. Mm, um, okay. I I think the boat movie. I think we get rid of the racism entirely. Oh yeah, uh, let's let's just ditch that. I mean, one hard to jerk it to. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, two really distracting from the porno aspects of the porno that we're making. And I think what we should do is lean real hard into the sailor plot. Ooh. And so it's just a fucking orgy on the seas. Nice. Uh, they, I think I think there's, you know, some, some bit about their journey home, but I think it is in every scene, there are at least six people in the background fucking hard. <laughs> Yeah, getting their cannonballs out, so to speak. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think, um, I think some pretty depraved shit happens on that boat. I think, I think Tom. St- I honestly, I think he keeps the same costume. Mm. I think he keeps the same costume, but those chompers go in some real nasty places. Oh man, you hate to hear it, and we got to do close-ups <laughs> on that on the big teeth oh, doctor. Yeah. We we <laughs> got to get it. <laughs> Just, just gnawing on balls and eating ass. Yeah. Um, and, I, and and I think I think maybe there's still a tense moment when they do find a stowaway. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, "What are we gonna do with this stowaway? How is the uh, stowaway gonna fit into the sexual dynamic we've been cultivating and, and they on this bring boat?" Him up. Exactly. And and they imply that maybe they're gonna kill him. Mm-hmm. But then I think the stowaway jerks off seven people in fifteen seconds. And they're mm. like, oh, no, you get to fucking stay. Yeah, I love it. Versus uh, what we see in this movie with them trying to drop the mainsail uh, yeah. in record time. Fuck yeah, dude. I think we fixed the boat scene yeah. for sure. Do you want to take uh, the the Horace Slughorn uh, musician plot? So I, I want to pivot a little bit. I want to make, since these are six films in one film. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to make an adult Amadeus. Oh, are you tracking? No. Okay. <laughs> I want the same. Okay, so I want there to be a dom sub sort of relationship between two consenting adults. There's no children on the set of this, uh, unlike no. Amadeus. But I want there to be sort of that that vibe of like the sub is too powerful, is is too musically gifted. Um, mm, okay. So in, in constructing highly erotic music, um, so okay. I think I think this one has a little bit more of a cerebral aspect to it. So there's obviously some fucking for sure, and we get uh-huh. some uh, some cool S and M sort of uh, fetish work in there. But mm-hmm. largely, this is about the erotic nature of the music of the orchestral music <laughs> that's being produced. Okay. Um, y- yeah. I had a thought. Mm-hmm. That we keep sort of the concept of the Cloud Atlas sextet, this like through line piece of music that is kind of heard throughout the ages. But yeah. I think it is such an erotic piece of music that anyone who hears it has to fuck. 
Oh, yeah. It's like the brown note, but whatever the inverse of the brown note is. <laughs> exactly. It's the fuck note. Yeah. <laughs> um, and But how, how do you feel about changing it from the Cloud Atlas sextet to the Cloud Ass sex? Oh, I think it has to be that, for sure. <laughs> it's very Perfect. classy. Yeah. So, so okay, so it's... Dom sub do they do they die and then get reincarnated like do we still keep the different time periods oh yeah I think in every single one of these I, I like your idea of keeping it to just two consistent people yeah. um, and then at the end of each segment so to speak sort of Emmanuel style I want them to die I want them to die so that we feel something during the course of our our erotically charged watch of this porno um, yes. yeah but for sure they they should be dead and and I want them I kinda want them to die in kind of the same way each time. Mm, okay. We can make and that work. I think it should be that they die as they are having the most earth shattering orgasm. Yes. Uh just like uh, the cum heard round the world. Which really um, reinforces the idea of of love through the ages. You know, mm-hmm. being fated to be with that one person that can make you really, really curl your own socks off. So yeah, I mean, it, it is literally Tom Hanks ejaculating out all his internal organs and mm-hmm. then, like, falling over just emptied, uh, just a sack of skin. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I guess, like, I think it's still Halle Berry. Um, mm. Okay. I, I mean, if you've got another... No, I mean if we're if we're staying within the casting for this film, uh, if assuming we can make everybody's shooting schedules work, um, yeah, I think that makes the most sense. I mean, I think Hugo Weaving could be a good sort of um, candidate too. Yeah, because uh, he's got some real Dom energy. Yeah, and I like him as an antagonist. I mean, we got to have some kind of plot in this porno, so I like yeah. having him as the sexual antagonist uh, throughout okay. the course of this. So do you think he's like this like anti-sex person who's like coming around and like trying to stop Tom from like fully nutting? I think he's I think he's more of a siren, like a seduct seductress sort of oh, role okay. trying to because if the whole point is that they are nutting through the ages together, I want him to be the sort of like alternative path. The old Georgie of fucking, if you I will. I see. I see. Um, so so like in the in the final plot uh in the in the weird uh schmipple schmapple apple snapple (laughs) (laughs) after times yeah Um, it's uh it's like Halle Berry is like I just nude on a beach yeah and uh and Tom is fully erected walking towards her and he turns to the right and it's Hugo weaving (laughs) (laughs) naked except for a top hat rubbing his nipple and saying yeah. no come over here yeah i got yeah. you big boy a hundred percent and then tom has to pick which one to stab to death <laughs> <laughs> we're really adding those uh one reinforcing the themes and two really adding the drama into yes. this porno uh, exactly it's like is is tom gonna stab halle berry and not ever be able to get his explosive nut off yeah um or is he gonna kill hugo weaving for the last time yeah and i think i think we all know where it's gonna land he's definitely gonna kill hugo weaving because we gotta keep the sex just oh yeah 
just thunderously charged. Um, but it's going to be a real, you know, skin of our teeth kind of adventure towards the yeah. end there. And and I think we we keep old Tom and Hallie at the end, and so mm. they're just it's it's then they finally reach an old age, and they're just fucking wrinkles everywhere. Yeah, and um, and they both nut so hard that they're propelled into space. Nice. See, that's the sort of sci-fi ending I'm looking for. The one that makes you think that sticks with you <laughs> after you've completed. <laughs> There you go. And I think, so you know how it talks about, like, the after? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the after, uh, I think that that event was Tom and Hallie fucking in Neo Soul so mm. hard that their their combined orgasm was like a hydrogen bomb. Mm. Yeah, sort of like the bomb from the Da Vinci Code just went off, obliterated, yeah. you know, half of Neo's soul. Yeah, uh, just broke a, their society. Just a, a true mushroom cloud, if you catch my meaning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the fallout of cum mm. just blanketing, you know, the whole planet, falling down on people. Oh, is this rain? No, no, Ugh. it's Tom's cum. Which, again, is going to be challenging for the viewer, but that's what we want in our sci-fi porno here, is we want challenging content. This isn't just yeah. any old erotically charged film. This is one that's going to make you really think, really process some stuff while you're going yeah. through it. And and I think I think it also would spawn like some sort of like challenge watches. Mm. Cuz it's going to be can you either make it the full and Luke uh, 3 hours is fine. Yeah. Oh, for this for this film, but, yeah. For but sure. But I think I think kind of pedestrian I think we should make our porno version five hours long. Why stop at five, man? Let's make this thing seven hours long. Perfect. Okay. I wasn't sure five was going to be too much for you, but I'm glad that we're on the same page. It is yeah. a seven hour long movie. And so there are two challenge runs. One is you try to come uh, every time Tom does. Yeah. Uh, Tom and Hallie. And so I, it's a real sort of like kind of series of sprints. Yeah, a real uh, electrolytes-focused sort of run-through. Yes. And then I think you've got the marathon, the, the Goonerthon. Uh, <laughs> and you you have to jerk the whole movie, but you can't come until Tom and Hallie, old, old Tom and Hallie, are propelled into the space by their combined ejaculate. Yeah. Yeah, I love this. And I love the idea that this will reinforce the cult nature of what we're trying to do here. I mean, yeah. it's going to become a Mount Everest for certain wankers. Exactly. I mean, like, think about, like, Rocky Horror Picture Show mm-hmm. and how, you know, uh, across the world, you know, every Halloween or whatever, people get together in movie theaters and they go through the whole ritual of doing it. Think about a movie theater full of people just gooner baiting for seven <laughs> hours and then, and then drenching that theater in their fluids. Yeah. God. That's, it's spectacular. It, it's heartwarming. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's really, you know, it's a heartwarming message about love through the ages and one that we can all <laughs> exhaust our own fluids to. Um, exactly. And, you know, Luke, after these trying times of isolation, what we really need is for all of us to get into a movie theater together mm-hmm. once again 
and just all come around the same time after masturbating nonstop for seven hours. Yeah. I mean, get in there, lick some eyeballs, touch some people. <laughs> exactly. Watch this fucking movie. Put in some false teeth and gnaw on some balls and eat some ass and then <laughs> come like your life depends on it. Yeah. I'm so on board with every single part of this. Perfect. Well, uh, I think that one's in the can. I think we send that over to Holly Porno Hollywood. Yep. Uh, do we just call it Cloud Ass? Uh, Cloud Ass Sex, I think, was, was you Cloud hit it in sex. one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally makes sense. So, uh, so yeah. Um, there it is. I think that's mm-hmm. a good porno. Oh, I think it's an it's an outrageously good porno. <laughs> it's a damn shade better than this sack of shit movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Luke, let's talk about next week. Uh, because next week, Luke, I'm very excited to say that we will be watching 2013's Captain Phillips. Ooh. And now this is sort of a curious one because I know exactly what captain phillips is about yet i've never seen it despite wanting to okay and you've neither seen it nor do you know what it's about and i'm so fucking curious to hear what you think captain phillips is about yeah i think there's only one way that this can go i think it's more of bucktooth sailor man he's now been promoted to captain um he's still racist it's still horrible uh it's gonna be yet another three-hour movie but it's all the boat movie this time and it's gonna be very difficult to watch i'm not excited at all um yeah it's gonna be pretty difficult so what you're saying is basically it's the sequel to the lady killers yeah except there's a boat and racism so uh i would say racism was front and center during the the lady killers oh yeah that's true i keep forgetting the the amount of racism in that movie i just remember it as being an awful awful time thanks for reminding me sam that there was also a horrible (laughs) amount of racism in that movie oh virulently so well i'm I'm not going to say it. I will let you find out what Captain Phillips is about, Luke. Um, nice. I'm going to let you live in fear that it might be essentially <laughs> Lady Killers 2 on the high seas. On the high seas. I'm super excited. You know what? It, it probably won't be that. But either way, I am excited to hit it next week. I'm right back on the on the, on the Hank zone. I'm in uh, the Hank yeah. zone, my friend. I'm, I'm hoping this brings me closer to Tom because... Uh, Boy, I can't take a third week of real punishing watches. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in until then, uh, you can find us on Facebook at Hanksy Panksy Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Hanksy Panksy. You can find us on Instagram at Hanksy Panksy Podcast. Uh, please send us an email at HanksyPanksyPod at gmail.com. Um, you know, let us know any of your theories. Let us know what you think Hugo Weaving has been up to. Uh, while we've sort of been tracking what Tom Hanks has been up to this whole time. Yeah, um, if you saw Polar Express with me, send us an email, because we still yeah. don't know who you are, and I would very much like to know who <laughs> I saw Polar Express with. It is plaguing Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, please uh, you know, uh, write us a review on, uh, on Apple Podcasts and share us with a friend. That really helps us out. Um, and uh, yeah, go get uh, go get your COVID vaccine once you're eligible. 
and uh, keep wearing your mask and uh, and doing some good stuff. Uh, support Black Lives Matter. And Luke, do you have a final quote? Yes, I do, Sam. And it is from the post-apocalyptic time. It is, ain't no blade can protect you from the true, true. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Fuck. So saith uh, <laughs> our Lord and Savior, Tom Hanks. Fuck. Oh, God, I'm... I hope that is the last thing I ever hear from this movie. Yeah. Well, probably. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of Hanksy Panksy. We'll be back next week with 2013's Captain Phillips.